2: trying to come up with content ideas in the off season, of college football. And then one company just gives you a softball and says, here, knock this one out of the park. Cause that's what happened with FanDuel when they recently released their way too early preseason win totals for every major conference going into 2024, including the SEC. Some of these lines, a little too rich in my favor. Some of these lines, good God, what are you doing? Why are you giving these fan bases hope? And then there are a few lines to where you look up and down the schedule. You look at the names that were added in this off season and you say, You know what? I feel pretty confident betting that. Let's go ahead and discuss today. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's Cole Thompson from SEC Unfiltered. Make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. Leave a comment telling me who do you think has the best line going into 2024, especially with their schedule. Make sure that you follow me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, at Mr. Cole Thompson. Follow us on social media, Twitter, X, Instagram, TikTok. We're all over the place, at SEC Unfiltered. Download the podcast wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Spotify, YouTube, you can get on Apple Music, you can get on Google Play, and make sure to keep up with all of our best SEC content found. Go ahead and visit secunfiltered.com. So, Preseason win total betting lines. These are really interesting this year because so many people are going to have conversations. You only have two teams ranked with 10 and a half wins. Do you understand that you also have four teams ranked with nine and a half wins and two more teams ranked with eight and a half wins? That is hell. That just shows you how little of a room for error you have in this conversation in the conference play, especially with the 12-team playoff. And you know that Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti coming together to fix college football is the nicest way of saying we're doing everything to make sure we're the most represented when we get to a dozen teams fighting for a national title. So you look at some of these lines and you say, could they actually end up making a decent run to the CFP? Maybe, but let's go ahead and start breaking some down. For starters, the number one team I'm looking at, Kentucky, seven and a half wins. This just feels like a Mark Seuss special. Like, doesn't it, like, everyone is just kind of counting out Kentucky because of what happened this offseason. Oh, you went seven and five, even though you went and got a veteran quarterback in Devin Leary. Liam Cohen's offense was going to really work for Brock Vandergriff. Now he's in Tampa. Oh, Jimbo Fisher fired. Mark Stoops is now going to, no, he's staying behind. Does he really want to be here? Is he looking for an upgrade? What's going on? That's the feeling around Kentucky. But there's another feeling around Kentucky. They cooked in the transfer portal. They absolutely added in dudes this offseason in the transfer portal. Jamon Dumas-Johnson, the linebacker at Georgia, that's your enforcer. That was a guy that was missing last year at the second level of this defense. And now you bring him in and you're hoping that this is going to be a huge dividend when it comes to your run defense. Defensively, you know you're going to get quality play every other season out of Mark Stoops because that's just been the MO in Lexington. They also added in two exceptional receivers in the transfer portal to pair alongside with Brock Vandergriff and and Brown. So I really like what you have there. Jamori Macklin, over 1,000 yards last season in North Texas, one of the highest Conference USA wide receivers, not to mention you bring over Raymond Cottrell, barely had a role at Texas A&M, but when he was on the field, he did cook. He had a touchdown reception. I think it was against Miami. He averaged over 17 yards per play you feel good. Oh, you bring in Chip Traynum in your running back position to replace big, sweet baby Ray Davis. So you feel good there. And Brock Vandergriff, let's just go ahead and break the notion of this. One of the dumbest rules and one of the dumbest things that's ever said in college football is you aren't good enough to start because you play for X team. And X team is Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, Notre Dame, USC, the usual suspects. Yeah, let's go back and look at what happened going into last offseason's fall camp. Uh, there was competition, plain and simple. Carson Beck was pushed to the limits by Brock Vandergriff, and there is another dimension out there. If you go follow the multiverse, where Beck is actually transferring now to Lexington, and Vandergriff is the guy that led you to a thirteen and I mean a twelve and zero regular season finish. That's the way it is. I think Brock Vandegrave is one of the biggest kept secrets in college football. And yes, it's going to be really interesting seeing how Bushman's offense changes over from Liam Cohen's offense, because I thought he was a perfect fit for Liam Cohen's offense. I look at the schedule. Where do you really see a major loss outside of Georgia? Maybe Texas, if you really want to throw it in there. Southern Miss, South Carolina, Ohio, all three winnable games. Vanderbilt, Florida, Auburn, all three winnable games. uh, Murray State, Louisville winnable games. You need to win one game against Texas, Ole Miss, and Georgia. And if somehow you do that, nine and three is a possibility. I think you're going to hit the eight and a half. I think you're going to hit eight wins. That's for certain. I trust that this is one of those years where everyone is kind of counting Kentucky to the wayside. This is one of those times where I feel very confident if I am a Kentucky fan, believing that everything is going to hit its stride at the right moment. How quickly can it? that's going to really determine if they can get to nine wins. Nine wins, it's not out of the realm of possibility to make it to the college football playoff. Next up, Auburn, seven and a half. Auburn, this is a year where I think you build. This is the year where I think all these games that you felt unconfident in last season, they're now toss up. It's a coin flip. Do you get the ball on the final drive, march down the field and be able to put up a field goal to win the game? Does your defense not do enough? You added in some names via the transfer portal. I really like the addition of Jerry and Thompson for the secondary. I like this offense. I think that what you added in in a top 10 recruiting class, primarily swapping Cam Coleman from Texas A&M over to the Plains and keeping them away from the other Alabama school. Yeah, you're in a really good spot. And go ahead and look at last season as kind of a wash. That would be the best way I would put it if you were on the Plains right now. there were some highs, there were some lows, there was the New Mexico State game. But then you got to remember, every Alabama fan realized what happened in that moment. Like if you ask an Alabama fan about what happened in their brains when they saw them lose to the Aggies, it wasn't what a disaster of a team. It was they're preparing for us. They just kind of walked over this game thinking that they had it locked in the bag they were already preparing for us. And they went all the way down to the wire. It took a fourth and 31 miracle that will be painted in the halls of everywhere Tuscaloosa because of that's how good Auburn played. You don't rush three. If you rush five, you win the football game. Alabama's not in the playoff. Nick Saban's final loss to Georgia. I mean, final loss in conference play is to Auburn. That's it. That's how crazy this scenario was for this Alabama team this past year. You want to build. You played well against. I think you played well against Georgia. You had some games that you thought you could have came out on top and felt really confident in. And what's being brought back? It's over fifty-five percent of the production. I think Auburn's in good places now. You can't be one-dimensional as an offense. If Peyton Thorne is not picking up the offensive viscues this off season, if he's not bit learning all the do's and don'ts of what you need in terms of a Hugh Freeze offense. You got to go in the transfer portal. I think that this is a good rushing attack. You know what you get in JarQuest Hunter. You know what you get Pace Thor as a runner. You got to add in the passing attack, especially with the weapons that were added in this offseason, plus what's currently on the roster. But you look at the schedule, really not a major game outside of probably, I would say, Georgia. You feel unconfident in Alabama, A&M, California, New Mexico, Arkansas, all three winnable games. You get Oklahoma at home. Then you play against Missouri on the road. Then you have the trap game against Kentucky on the road. That's a three-game stretch that is daunting. Vanderbilt, ULM, Texas A&M, and Auburn to close, I mean, Alabama to close out the year. And three of those games are at home. I think eight wins is plausible. I think nine wins is plausible. Hugh Freeze is the right guy for this program. The question turns to, can this roster only build off of last season? Because there was a lot of moments that you saw what this version could be. Now it's about seeing, can it be sustainable? Week in and week out. Next up, Vanderbilt, two and a half wins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're not taking this line, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. I get it. It's Vanderbilt. They are the smarty pants. Nobody out there is actually a Vanderbilt fan. Like, I say this as kindly as possible. If you were to be in a stands at a football game and someone was having a heart attack, you don't say, Is there a Vanderbilt fan here? You say, Is there a Vanderbilt grad? And they're probably showing up wearing the team colors of another SEC school. That's how embarrassed they are at the Commodores. But their schedule is at least promising. You need three wins. Here's your out-of-conference schedule. Virginia Tech, Alcorn State, Georgia Tech, Ball, I mean, Georgia State, Ball Tech, Ball State. You can't tell me you can't win three of those games. You can't tell Virginia Tech, let's just throw that one out of the way. I I think Virginia Tech is going to be one of the biggest risers in college football this year. You're going to tell me you cannot beat Alcorn State, Georgia State without Marcus Carroll. Oh, and Sean Elliott now is gone. He left to go to South Carolina and Ball State. You're telling me you can't win three those three games. If that's the case, Clark Lee needs to be fired into the sun. I'm sorry. And I like Clark Lee. And I get it. The homegrown atmosphere, being at your alma mater means something. But if you can't get three wins, and on top of that, if you feel like Diego Paeba or Nate Johnson, who also came over from Utah, won't be an upgrade for this passing attack, yes, you lose Will Shepard. It's always going to happen, whether he went to Colorado or not. If you can't get past three wins, there is more mediocrity than we're giving credit for. This is where whenever we do see super conferences, we have to understand. Vanderbilt, we appreciate what you bring to us in baseball. We appreciate what you bring to us every once in a blue moon in basketball. But you are not a part of the SEC. I'm sorry, my friend. There's nothing else I can do about it. Tennessee, eight and a half. This is a line that I know a lot of people are going to be very cautious on. You shouldn't be. Just do me a favor for a second. Let's go back to when Josh Heupel was hired and how this offense took over the SEC. They were number one in passing for a year. They were number two in scoring for a year. They've once again been this past year, top 25 in passing, top 15 in scoring. They're able to run the football methodically. They have a very good balance to run the pass option. You feel like this is a team that could be on the come up with Josh Heupel in year four. Who are the quarterbacks? Joe Milton, Henning Hooker. Hendon Hooker for two years, then Joe Milton for basically a year and a half because he started the beginning of 2021. They were transfers. They were quarterbacks that were brought in because of they needed stability. Now you bring in Nico Iamaliava. So imagine the offense that you've watched for the last few years underneath Heupel with maybe some limitations, maybe a little bit of a too strong of an arm in Joe Milton. Maybe accuracy was great, but the deep ball wasn't as precise as you it underneath Hendon Hooker. And Nico Iamaliava, the quarterback that was handpicked by Heupel, is going to run his show. Not to mention you bring over a really good offensive lineman in Lance Hurd. Not to mention you also bring over a really proven wide receiver to pair alongside Drew McCoy in Chris Brazzle. I like this team. Yes, it is going to be a challenge to replace production lost by both Jabari Small and Jalen Wright. But I look at the schedule. Chattanooga week one, that's going to be a dub. NC State week two. Probably the biggest out-of-conference game that weekend outside of what you have in Michigan and Texas. Kent State, that's probably a win. Oklahoma, welcome back to Norman, Josh Heupel. How do you like your young quarterback against the other young quarterback in the SEC? Maybe a toss-up, but I think that's closer to a win. Arkansas, Florida. Florida, you should beat. I get it. You've had the struggles with the Gators over the last few years. Alabama. This is no longer Alabama underneath Nick Saban to where you're shivering in your boots and the smell of cigars has been wafting in this air seal type bag for 19 years. That's not the case anymore. You don't think that you can beat Alabama in a new year with questions everywhere across the roster besides maybe quarterback? You're sadly mistaken. This is not a team that you are betting to win the college football playoff. And there's a lot of people betting that this team is going to go far in the postseason. Kentucky, Mississippi State, Georgia on the road does struggle. UTEP Vanderbilt. There's one game. I think you chalk up as an L right now. One. And you need to get to three. And you have three losses to get to. You can hit this line. I think Tennessee can easily get to 11-1. I think they could be in Atlanta by the end of the year. They can have a rematch against Georgia in week 11 three weeks later. That's not that shocking to me. So I look at Tennessee, I'm betting the line. I'm hundred percent going with the eight and a half point. with the eight and a half. I think that they can get the 10 wins. And if Nico Maliava is as advertised, we're talking about a ball scene that probably is already punching their tickets at the college football playoff. One more for you, Missouri, nine and a half. This is the easiest schedule in the SEC this year. It's the easiest schedule. I'm sorry. There's no other way for me to put it. You look at their out of conference slate, Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College with a new coach, and UMass. That's four wins. The two games on their schedule that are major threats, Alabama, Oklahoma. You want to throw Texas A&M in there? Depending on what version we get of Connor Wegman and this defense, maybe. But besides that, this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call QuickGrainger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who
1: get it done.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?
2: Where is the moment where you say, well, this team is going to crumble and fall apart? I understand. Losing Blake Baker is one of the travesties of the offseason for Eli Drinkwitz. And it sucks because of it only shows you that Missouri still is viewed as a lesser tier job than LSU. It is, but we're not going to get into that today. I don't have enough time or patience. But you look and see, they're bringing in enough players on the offense, especially as plug-and-play starters. Marcus Carroll, Caden Green, you still have Theo Weese Jr. You have Luther Burden. That's arguably the best one-two combination in the SCC Brady Cook gets another year in Kirby Moore's offense, and you don't play the trap games. In my opinion, there's one trap game. It's Texas A&M. You should beat Oklahoma. You should be at least competitive against Alabama. Maybe you beat Alabama. This is one of those times where if you are Missouri, you feel so confident building off of last season, and they've invested. This is one team that understood, hey, we want to be a player in the SEC and we're done being the armpit joke of what the conference is. So we're going to invest $60 plus million plus into fixing our stadium and making us a viable threat when it comes to five-star talents, four-star talents. They can do it. I look at their schedule. There's really one game that I'm saying is a loss. I think that Missouri is going to be a college football playoff team in 2024. So the question turns to how well can this roster gel despite losing some key players, not in terms of positions, but more so in terms of coaches. They have it. Those are my favorite lines going into this year. Kentucky, seven and a half. I'm telling you, this feels like a Mark suit special. Auburn, seven and a half. Are you really going to build off of last season, or are you just going to crumble underneath the pressure? Vanderbilt, two and a half. I'm sorry. If you cannot get to two and a half wins, you're in a lot of trouble with this schedule. Then you have Tennessee at eight and a half. Nico Iamaliava is as advertised. 10 and two, that feels like an easy betting line for me. And then of course, Missouri at nine and a half, I get it, it's a high line, but they have the most workable schedule in all of the SEC and I like the offense that's returning. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button down below, leave a comment telling me your thoughts, which is the best betting line for the SEC in 2024. Make sure that you hit the ring notification, that way you don't miss a single episode of SEC Unfiltered. Follow us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you get your your social media at sec unfiltered download the podcast version of the show on itunes spotify google play wherever else you get your podcasts and for all the great up-to-date information surrounding college football's number one conference the number one conference in all of professional sports make sure you visit SECUnfiltered.com. i'm cole thompson with sec unfiltered until next time folks later